Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. What's up, everybody? Take two because of technical failure. Um, as I was saying before I got cut off in the last one, <laughs> we are recording in an evening and this is a podcast brought to you with the assistance of some rosé. Um, <laughs> Summertime, rosé all day. And finally, I have been able to present Rachel with a half-decent bottle of wine because recently I have been trying to find a quote-unquote cheap bottle of wine that's good because, we're, you know... I'm from England. When I've traveled to France and Italy, you can get really good bottles of wine for under 10 euros. And suddenly, since I moved here, that suddenly you had to spend like $30 on a bottle of wine. So I'm in search of that unicorn bottle of wine that's cheap. But it does mean that every time I invite Rachel over and I promise her a cheap bottle of wine, she brings her own. <laughs> to be fair, I always drink the wine that you want to try and we talk about it. I just have a backup bottle as well. And let's be honest, we usually drink the cheap stuff and, and the follow up with the backup. <laughs> so there we go. So hopefully we can make it through to the end of this episode without slurring all words or saying anything too ridiculous. Um, so no, no, we have that, we, we say ridiculous things sometimes when we're stone cold sober. So maybe we'll be better with a little wine lubrication. Anyway, with that being said, uh, 10 episodes ago, we introduced the concept of destination postcard when I ran Rachel through an exercise about the destination postcard, which involves kind of creating your own little future and then reverse engineering it so you can figure out how you get yourself on track to being this person, like the ultimate version of yourself. And it's a really good exercise to do if you're ever kind of feeling a little bit lost or you're trying to, you know, start things. You know, we've mentioned like New Year's resolutions, how they don't work because you're just jumping on everyone else's bandwagon. The popular thing to do and it doesn't necessarily line up with who you want to be, who you, you know, what you believe in, identities and values and all that stuff we keep mentioning over and over again. So today, after a little check-in and catch-up <laughs> and, you know, a few things to bring up after our last podcast, we're going to turn the tables and yeah. Rachel is going to be in the driver's seat of it's the actually, destination I'm, postcard. I'm really proud of us because it was just in the last episode when you mentioned wanting to run yourself through this exercise and I had to pump the brakes and say, wait a second, like I think our listeners would really love to hear this process. Um, but it did mean I had to like study up to try to be, be the you, the coach in this scenario. Um, and it was really fun to go back and listen to episode 28. Um, Did we sound like we knew what we were talking about? You know, it was, it was a really <laughs> good episode. I mean, it was it was the, we, we debriefed your crazy cut of last fall. So it was right after you had tried to um, shed weight uh, and learn the bodybuilding poses and, um, you know, started feeling like you were going to black out when you were on the rower at the gym and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So no, it was really good. It was a, yeah, it was, I think a great episode. 
Um, and it got me really inspired because I got to listen to myself go through the destination postcard, um, you know, thing with you and was like, oh yeah, like I have not yet planned that trip, you know, on the John Muir Trail or the Tahoe Rim Trail two years from now. And it got me really excited to like actually think about that again. So when you listened to it, um, did, do you think that if we did it again for you, it would look the same or have things changed? So, and this is an important thing because, you know, we all set goals and then sometimes, you know, we're just chasing this rigid goal and actually goals shift all of the time. And it's really important to check in regularly because if you're like trying to hammer this goal that actually doesn't mean anything to you anymore or it's just not a priority anymore then again you're going to get frustrated and you're going to sort of feel like you're failing at it because it just it's it's not what you need to do so yeah. I'm curious to ask you when you listen to that do you does it still like make you tingle is that what it, you want to do it really did like I, I definitely was like oh yeah I definitely want to be that version of myself two years from now or three years from now whatever it ends up being um and, but it was interesting because you had mentioned in the, as you were introducing that, the concept of the destination postcard, you were saying that, you know, it really can be done for anything, like if it's a fitness goal or, you know, something, but it could also be like if you're contemplating a career change or any other kind of thing in your life. And it, um, that particular destination postcard absolutely still resonated, but I kind of, it made me also want to do it with other things. Like, I feel like I want to do the exercise now on like my career like job stuff um and maybe yeah try some different versions of the postcard that's good it's a good way to like um it's definitely a good way to to really kind of navigate any kind of process of change or like just find a a sense of direction for yourself um so I'm very excited to (laughs) not be the coach right we'll see how this goes and I'm gonna be very like I'm going to have to sit here and like be very sort of patient and not Mm -hmm. because like when you're used to sort of being in the drive, I mean, part of coaching is shutting the heck up and creating (laughs) the space for somebody else to talk. But yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Um, Going back to listen, I was struck how you did you. I mean, you laid some really heavy questions on me and I had to like think quickly on the spot, obviously, because we were recording. Um, I imagine you can take as long as you want if you're doing this exercise on your own. But um, but I will say to people, if you are gonna do this exercise, recording it is kind of a good thing because going back and listening to yourself talk through the destination postcard was very cool. Like it was neat to be able to go back and listen to myself committing to all those things or at least explaining why I wanted them. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see what comes up for me. And then we can have another check in the future to exactly. see if, like, I, I actually, mean... <laughs> I'm working towards what I should be working towards. Um, so last episode, we chatted a little bit about the fact that we're going to the CrossFit Games and how pretty much as soon as we bought the tickets, we were like, oh, gosh, we need to, like, look a certain yeah. way and... and we got to be shredded and strong and fabulous. Yeah. And then afterwards, like pretty much as soon as we kind of wrapped up that recording, we were both like, I feel kind of silly saying that. I mean, like, what the heck just came out of our mouths? And, you know, I even like before it sort of 
before we did that podcast, I had literally like put in my calendar like the countdown to the games operation get your shit together yep (laughs) and then i sat back and i was like what does that mean like do i have to be like hungry and miserable between now and the crossfit game so that i can be like as lean as possible and then if i do all of that is anyone gonna care (laughs) Well, that's what that's what I was struck by is like we recorded that I think same thing. It was like midweek or early in a week or something and so there were then semifinals, CrossFit semifinals happened the weekend after we recorded, right? And I think we both kind of had those moments when we were watching semifinals and paying attention to who was in the crowd and like what everyone else looked like there and then realizing like it, like it literally does not matter and no one will care what we look like. And I also thought, you know, you mentioned about um, my crazy cut. And I thought about how shitty I felt oh, yeah. doing that. And, like, you know, we've made been talking about, like, changing gyms and fresh scene. And, like, I was like, do I really, this, you know, this new gym I'm started at, I'm having a lot of fun with the workouts and really enjoying sending it. You know, it's slightly different style to the last sort of crossfitting stuff that I was done and I'm, I'm loving it. And I'm like, why on earth would I want to feel like crap yeah. and underperform so that I could look a certain way that I probably wouldn't even be that happy with? Yeah. And you did feel like crap having just listened to that episode. Oh, I feel so about bad. Being faint, almost passing out on the rower. Um, definitely one of your concluding, you know, things that you shared was like it taught you that you value performance way more than aesthetics Mm -hmm. um and i will say one of my favorite lines that i didn't remember until i re-listened to it was um we were talking about the parts of our body that um maybe hold more weight and so for you it was your butt and we were talking about that and the line was don't worry that butt will just support better squat queens And that made me think that, right, like what we're also going to do at the games, um, we are eagerly awaiting the release of, uh, what's it called, the athlete experience? Yeah. So like where they're going to tell us what kinds of workshops and workouts and other things are available to us in the festival space. Um, And that also just made me realize like, we're going to want to be doing cool stuff. Um, So that even more so means it doesn't matter what we look like, I want to be able to like crush a workout yeah or, I definitely some cool workshop I definitely like a pro athlete don't like. want to be like showing up at like a Bergner strength training camp right or clinic like, I should say and, like. and be like so bad that I pass out yeah. during the warm-up <laughs> yeah because you know if there's a Bergner clinic the warm-up's gonna be tough <laughs> so it's yeah it's kind of funny that like no matter how much you know and how much you kind of really try and be aware of the things that you're seeing and the messaging and all the rest of it it's still like that go-to knee-jerk reaction is oh my god i I gotta look like a certain (laughs) i gotta look a certain way and will i be able to wear the little shorts and and i you know like we both saw when we watched the semi-finals it's like there's people of all shapes and sizes and ages and you know and really no one, no one is there 
to pay me any attention right. whatsoever. You're definitely not going to be looking at us. And I mean, all the all shapes and sizes and ages and abilities is exactly why I, I loved CrossFit from the very beginning, right? Like that mm-hmm. that aspect that it really is for everybody um, is, yeah, exactly what we should focus on. Because you're right. People are there to watch the elite athletes. Um you know, we, we will probably do workshops with other spectators and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I really don't think, um, other than the fact that, like, some of our shorts are very cool looking, I don't think anyone's going to be paying much attention to what we're wearing or what we look like. And I, I had a moment today, too. Um, it's sort of decently warm in Santa Barbara. So, like, in the uh, we were split into kind of two heats today to do, to do today's workout. And the first part was, like, assault biking and then dumbbell snatches and the first round like everyone popped the top before we started and I'm like assault biking and the coach like was taking video of us and for a brief second I like I looked down and I just see like my stomach like kind of spilling over my shorts I was like oh god and I was like pay attention to the workout Hannah it doesn't matter you're like you you're turning 42 in a couple of weeks of course things are not as tight as they were when I was 20 years old just let it go and I have actually noticed a shift I think that whole starvation exercise for the the bodybuilding cut like really did teach me some lessons and like I have noticed that you know there are you know there's bits that aren't quite as tight as they could be no matter how hard I I would train decently hard for somebody with a full-time job and a lot of life responsibilities so there's only so much I can train in a day like I'll send it decently hard every day so it's not like I'm not trying but it's, there, there's an aging factor and yeah. I'm kind of actually in some ways it's kind of fun when you like do give yourself grace and go you know what so what if my stomach isn't perfectly tight anymore yeah. or you know skin isn't like as beautiful smooth and peachy <laughs> as it once was like who who really cares? And when you give yourself that grace, you kind of give yourself freedom too. Yeah. To just like stop. Like I, it, when I think about how much mental capacity thinking about what I look like has taken up over my life. And that I really hope that as I get older from here on, I can let that go more. Like I'm never going to not care. Right. Right. But. And that's fine. That's like. There's a difference between sort of, you know, trying to make yourself look as best as you can and, you know, feeling good about yourself. But, you know, just I'm actually excited about not wasting so much energy obsessing over every little bit of myself. Because, like, every time I've ever been to, or just make reference to gyms here, gym anywhere in the world, and I've seen, like, older women wearing shorts and sports bra and just being, you know, big personalities and just loving life and loving the fact that they're in there doing it like no one's going oh gosh you should probably tuck that stomach in yeah it's just like no it's like cool i'm really happy that you're here and you're just sending it and i love it and your energy's awesome well and i i definitely i mean this last weekend there was another you know round of semifinals and um right i mean watching athletes like i also feel like when i'm yeah, fixated on my own body or something like that. When I'm watching others, I'll, I'll look at all the different body types that I see out there on the field. And that's the other great thing about competitive CrossFit at this level is like 
these athletes are fueling themselves for performance, right? None of them are lean like bodybuilders. Mm-mm. Even like the smallest athletes, like they've still got, you know, they've got mass to them. Um, there are some CrossFit athletes, you know, that they they do have little bits that squish out over the top of their shorts. And, and like, but they're the elite athletes, right? Like they have made the choice to value performance over aesthetics as well. They also happen to be, you know, very muscular and lean and, dare I say, toned. Toned. What people think of, whatever that means. Um, because they're competing, obviously, at that level. But they are also not concerned about that, you know, those little bits because they are absolutely focused on what they're doing. And this past weekend was our all-time, well, one of the all-time, I'll say my all-time favorite, but I think she's one of yours too. Sam Briggs competed yes. right, at Strength and And it was her sort of farewell retirement competition. Um, I did cry, not going to lie, uh, when she laid her shoes down on her finishing mat at the end of the last event. Um, but right, she's she's forty. She's closer mm-hmm. to our age than anyone else out there on that performance field, um, and she pops the top all the time. And I guarantee she doesn't care what she's looking like out there. Like she still looks pretty phenomenal. Um, but I look at her and I'm just like, yeah, like that's. I just want to do this for the long haul. I would kind of love it if somebody actually turned around to her and was like oof, you know, you should probably keep that shirt on. You don't look like you used to. <laughs> Just to see her reaction because, you know, she's such a legend and she runs rings around like oh most everybody at that age. Oh, yeah. You know, there's so few in professional sports, you know, aside from ocean racing, sailing, where you kind of get going later in life. Yeah. There's so Distance few running is also one of those things that professional athletes, but... level athletes that are still going at 40 years old. It's just phenomenal what she's done and... You know, I love that she's out there on the competition floor, shirt off, beating people half her age. Oh, yeah. Literally half her age because there were, you know, teens are so up and coming. I can't remember, but... the mom of of a lot of these. One of the commentators mentioned, like, how many people, like, in a particular heat, how many of the people on the floor could be her kid. Yeah. And it was, like, the majority of them. Yeah. And, like, how, like... the. You know, the two people that beat her in one of the heats, their combined age was not even hurried. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. yeah. No, and she's I think, phenomenal. She's such an inspiration. You know, um, Sam, like so, someone like Sam Briggs is never, you're never going to remember her for like, oh, you had these, I mean, she has a hugely impressive arms. I love her oh, yeah. arms. Like, well, her, her upper body is beautiful. biceps like Briggs, right? She has her amazing arms. arms. Amazing. But when you talk about Sam Briggs, you're not, your go-to isn't, oh my God, have you seen Sam Briggs' arms? They're amazing. You're like, look at what this incredible human can do. Yeah. Look at what she's continued to do. How like, and yeah, you know, she she doesn't shy away from the fact that she's sort of, you know, she was, I, I read a quote from her that if her body could hold up, she'd do it for another 10 oh, yeah. years. She loves competing. Um, and she I, loves the sport, but she, I don't doubt she's getting older and she that, recognizes you know, that. her body's giving her some feedback of like, oh, hey girl, you can, you can slow it down. But like, we're not sitting here going, ooh, Sam Briggs. So how she looks, priority. Right. And then, oh yeah. And she happens to be insanely fit. Yeah. It's like, no, that actually how she looks barely registers apart from like, you know, wow, look at those arms at the end of it but like what comes first is like look what she can do yeah 
and her attitude and how she shows up for herself and how she shows up for other people. And, you know, she could be out there like covered in cellulite. And I honestly, I don't think I'd even notice it. I would just be like, no, I I'm just so in awe of who you are as a human that the rest of it, whatever, doesn't really matter. Like if you can go out there and string shitloads of muscle ups together and, you know, do that crazy first workout they did, which was just engine for oh my god 20 straight minutes right just like here row and run and do double unders and then run some more (laughs) like it was super impressive but i mean it is interesting right that we like we we do tend to do that we give more grace to other people than we do to ourselves mm -hmm. so yeah like anytime between now and going to the crossfit games anytime i start to get like hung up or feeling silly about like oh if I just lost like this bit here or this bit here or like this bit was just a little tighter then I'd look better in the little shorts I'm just gonna like pause check in with myself and then think about anything like really cool that I've done performance wise in the gym or like the things that my body can do and just be like there we go that's what that's what matters that's actually what I'm that's what I actually care about because, I mean, if I woke up one morning and everything was super tight and toned and tan <laughs> without, like, lines and burn patches and peeling shoulders, sure, it would be like, woo, yay. But if I went to the gym and strung together five bar muscle-ups and squat oh, clean sure. 200 pounds, that would be a far bigger high. And I would, like, remember that moment far more than waking up being like, oh, look at me. Yeah. Yep. It's so true. So, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting that we both kind of went straight to that. Oh, we need to look a certain way. And I think that's very, um, sort of speaks volumes to just the messaging that we've had over our lives about the importance of what you look like and, you know, what you're told you can and can't or should and shouldn't be wearing. Yeah. I mean, also good that, you know, both of us quickly afterwards, though, came to the realization that, like, whoa, that was a little ridiculous. Um, we really don't want to focus on that. Um, and I'm so not, yeah. like, like I literally haven't changed anything. Like, I'm going to the gym five or six days a week. I'm working out hard. I drink tons of water every day. Like, I do. I prioritize my sleep. Like, I do yeah. all the time. I eat mostly good food but i'm not immune to a treat or six um and i i'll be making a delicious birthday cake this month that i will eat plenty of and you know i'm trying during the week to not drink too much alcohol apart from on tuesdays when you podcast well you know Um, podcast wine doesn't count it does count (laughs) you know i'm trying to be somewhat reasonable with that but mostly just because i've had an absolute disaster of a time with migraines recently and I know that certain certain wines tend to kind of kick yeah. me in the butt with that and I you know I hate downtime from just feeling bad and like I literally today I finally broke free of like a lingering migraine that's been there for eight days oh gosh and I have tried to ignore it and you know it's just like I want to feel good for sure that is like my my absolute like number one priority and I will take weighing more than I did six months ago if it makes me you know feel good yeah 
So there it is. No there more is. silliness, no crash diets. I'm not like I'm personally not doing anything radical in preparation to go to the CrossFit Games, apart from just trying to be as you know, I want to go there as fit as I can be so that if we get the opportunity to take part in um, any kind of like a clinic or a workshop or anything like that, that I don't feel like completely gassed. Yeah, <laughs> I think that'll be the toughest part is just feeling like I want to perform in front of other people. It'll be like a competition for us to have to work out in front of a bunch of strangers. I always perform better when I drop into like a different gym or something because you kind of just have that yeah. the motivation of, I don't know, strangers. <laughs> I think I'm slowly getting out of my own way in terms of like expectation. Because when I put expectation on myself, then I tend to like fall apart. And when I just look at something as like, oh, this will be fun. Yeah. Then. So yeah, it would be very interesting. I really hope we can do some kind of like Olympic lifting. Oh, yeah. Clinic at the games. Because that's been my traditional thing where no one can watch me Olympic lifts. Right? That is true. <laughs> you like to be alone with Disney music playing. and <laughs> Yep. Yeah, I do feel like that's an interesting thing about kind of training at a different gym now as well. Is like all of the expectations are completely thrown out of whack. Right? Because like you train with a certain community for a while. You kind of know where you are in the pecking order. Um, you go to a new gym and then it's like, oh yeah, like you don't know. I don't know, like half the people there, and you have no idea where you're going to stack up when you've only done like a week's worth of workouts. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, there it is. We are not doing anything silly. We are just going to enjoy our summers and go yeah, to CrossFit Games and month. make the most enjoy birthday month. Um, and I made my first cake today. For the dog, because it's the dog's birthday tomorrow, and That's I'm right. officially it's big, big birthday month in this household. The dog and Hannah officially lost my shit, because you know I'm a crazy dog lady now. I literally <laughs> baked my dog a cake. Not just any cake, a three-tiered <laughs> cake. So I think we've mentioned we've actually in episode twenty-eight we mentioned the pumpkin pie you made because mm-hmm. I came over and had some the night before we recorded that podcast. Um, Hannah also has a wonderful trend of making us, uh, a, a close group of friends, making us all birthday cakes or sometimes birthday pies. Um, and they are all insane. Uh, but I will say, none of us, uh, I believe, not her husband, not my husband, not myself, um, no other close friend who's gotten a cake made by Hannah has gotten a three-tiered cake so Dory <laughs> Dory definitely takes the cake she um, does three-tiered does cake. cake with custom icing and peanut buttery goodness uh, now you'll know where you stand yeah oh I, I don't think anyone had any doubt where Dory stood in relation to the rest of us <laughs> you know like if ever there's a disaster right. or if an emergency a cake indicator like if I can only yes. ever take one thing with me and oh, yeah. like it comes down to it you're all a screw yeah I'm taking the dog. fair fair I think we all know that <laughs> <laughs> all right Okay. All right. We've broken the ice. Are we ready? Are we ready for this destination? Do you need, do you need a top of a wine? Um, you get sure. Why this. not? We're gonna, let, me, gonna, let me take a little top of. We're gonna maybe. do a little. You guys, if you could see this, you'd see that I wrapped an ice pack that's designed oh, yeah, like for like a, an injured leg an injured around leg. the bottle of wine, so that it would stay chilled for the duration of yeah, this recording. It's very important. Um. 
It is also very warm, so keeping the wine chill for our cells. And I'm kind of, I'm not gonna lie, like I'm a, I'm a little nervous. Um, um, I'm nervous too. Well, I'm very, you know, I'm very comfortable sitting with the coach's hat on. Yes, you are. And like running, you know, Mm -hmm. breaking apart your dreams and visions and macro counting and yeah no it's true you are you are you are good at taking the lead that is very true um i am not and so i am nervous in the other direction where i have to sort of run you through this as if i were you and honestly i have not like i've not thought about this at all i did not listen to our previous episode yes, yes. i have not tried to like run myself through this exercise okay um to you know, intentionally make this yeah. like as authentic as possible. Um, but you have been thinking about it because a couple weeks ago you did say you were thinking about running yourself through it, right? Yeah, so you know, it's there the, are some things that you. The thought of like doing it has been there, but I haven't like done any work towards it. So like anything that comes out today is like freshly coming out today. There's no pre-planned awesome. answers or anything like that. Okay. All right. It'll be just like mine when I really didn't even know you were doing it to me until it <laughs> happened. So good. All right. So well, destination I'm, postcard yeah, part destination two. Destination postcard part two. Um, I feel like I'm in a job interview. Rachel's right? sitting there. Like, I, I've got, got a glasses and on. A piece she's of paper. Notes. She's got a phone. She's got a pen. I literally feel like um, I'm. I, I want to know if I got the job afterwards. Right. Well, I guess we'll we'll see. We'll okay. see. I don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> All right. So destination postcard. So like we already said, this is an exercise that can be really done for, for sort of anything. Um, you don't have to have you know any particular kind of goal. Uh, when when I did it, just to remind folks back episode twenty eight, um, I I was thinking about doing a, a long backpacking trip, like a multi-week trip. And so we talked through all the parameters, what that would take training-wise and mindset-wise and training grit and things like that for three weeks on the trail. So, um, but it can be done with anything. So let's kick off. So Hannah, um, thinking anywhere, you know, one, three, five years into the future, um, thinking about some future version of Hannah so get that picture clear in your mind. Okay. Take some time. Take a sip of wine. Oh, sip of wine. I like your I like your coaching. Session. Yeah, I don't I don't think we had wine when I did this. I don't know if you told me to sip wine in between each question, but so yeah, give that some thought and let me know when you've got that version of Hannah that picture in your head. I think I got it. I think I got it. Okay. So what is what is the time frame? Um, I'm going to say around like the, probably the, the three to four year mark. Oh, okay. Like long term. Yeah. Three to four yeah. year Hannah out. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what is it, what is it that you see? Who is this Hannah, um, at the end of that three to four year journey? What does that look like? Well, um, I see us as in me and Dave, my husband, um, having moved possibly out of state um, and living in you know a house with a nice yard for the doggo I've got a really good garage gym set up I'm still working from home um, and I'm working within like the coaching field so like 
hopefully still doing CrossFit stuff if I can, but like nutrition and behavioral change coaching is my like sole source of income really. It's not a side hustle. Um, it is what I do for a living. Um, and I am, or like we are like financially stable and sort of building something that feels like a forever sort of a space. And I'm fit, I'm healthy, and still getting better. Okay, that's a really nice picture. I know. I feel like we just need to pause and just wallow in that. Right? I mean, just like, like let's sit with that beautiful Ooh. vision. Oh, and I mean, I'm picturing the garage gym. My there house has clearly. a porch. Like where, oh, where we're potentially looking porch. at moving, like houses have, a lot of houses have porches. And I've really fallen in love with this idea of like being able to, my, so my job that I would have is not, like right now my job, my full-time job outside of all the coaching stuff is reactionary. So I have like, a, you know, hours that I am like at work and it's kind of like, I never know exactly what one day is going to look like from the next. It's like things will come in and I respond. Um, kind of like, you know, if you work in the ER or something, like, could be quiet, and then a lot of stuff could get thrown at you. Um, so I'm going to have, this job of mine is going to be much more, like, I'm going to map be able to map out my day, and I will specifically have times where I can block out work and take to my porch in some kind of comfy <laughs> chair, and whether it's a beautiful cup of coffee or a glass of wine, I'm just going to sit and just, like, soak up the sun and maybe rock in my chair on the porch i feel like the look on I your love, face I'm just is like, like you're I'm sitting just on my like, porch oh my god i love the phrase take to my porch i'm gonna take like, to my porch. i'm just gonna at the end of the day i'm gonna take to my porch and this sounds beautiful you know but it could be like in the middle of the day because like i'm yeah. i'm gonna be in a place where i like don't have to be ready to jump onto something at a given note at like a moment's notice i could be like Okay, I literally this hour is just my hour or 30 minutes or whatever I can do and I don't have to have a laptop next to me or a phone next to me I can just be on my porch I love that all right so what have you done to get to that place three to four years from now Ooh. okay well first big step is to complete my so I've been studying for the last year for my precision nutrition um, master health coach certificate. That is now complete. Um, I have done all of the modules and most of the oral practice stuff for my board certification exam. I have the oral exam on June 28th. Then I have to submit all of my hours and stuff for coaching by August and apply to take the exam which would be in November this year then it's I think it's a four-hour exam where I have to actually go to like an exam place I don't know what you call it but like where they you know you have a pencil and you have a oh, timer yeah, you, they have to have a proctor there that's like, the yeah, board yeah yeah so I will have got my board certification um and freed up space to build Achieving Awesome which is my own little business because I kind of have been, that's been on tick over mode for about a, you know, probably a year now. Like I've got great clients that have, you know, still with me during this time, but I haven't really, I purposely 
did not seek any more just because I was like at capacity with everything I've got going on. So like once, I feel like once I submit, uh, once I pass my oral exam and submit for this exam, then I can start to like free up some mental space. So I will have got my board certification. I will have found or either built my own business up sufficiently or like found the right company who where I can practice like behavioral change coaching as my full-time job um working remotely that's really important to me I love working remotely um I will have obviously maintained my fitness in a, an environment that I that I'm happy in you know I've made a change recently and just being super happy with where I'm at being surrounded by people who believe in what we're doing makes a huge difference to me and so to continue to make sure I'm in that environment where showing up and throwing down is something that's fun and in the next 12 months Dave and I will start to take trips to where we're thinking about possibly relocating to to scope out areas that we like or dislike um see if it's even a place we want to go to um and help support him in figuring out like where he might go on to work and then you know we both have plans to be financially smart so that we can make all this happen and start that next chapter without like taking the baggage of debt outside of the mortgage obviously um so just like you know lots of sort of thinking about it. I've always typically been someone who kind of doesn't plan too much flies by the seat of her pants <laughs> I lived out of a bag for many years with sailing and so planning and overthinking was never too much and I still like I, I'm resistant when I think about planning that much I feel resistance because you know you don't you never know what life's going to throw at you right and if you if you live by this crazy rigid plan then if life throws you a curveball and like none of this can happen I don't want to be like completely like thrown off by it but I think you know the next year or two is just kind of testing the waters to see if this like a move somewhere is a reality and me taking the time to figure out what direction my career needs to take and what I truly value in a company if I go work for them and you know making sure that we as a couple have a healthy and happy marriage so that when you know if as and when and if we do such a move so that I can take to a porch <laughs> that we do so in a happy place and it's not a there move there are two like, rocking chairs on the porch there are two yes. it's gonna okay. be big enough for two rocking chairs because I ain't sharing but yeah that we do so as like this is a happy exciting adventure that's shared and not like okay we're you know we've ignored problems or whatever and we're just going to move and suddenly that's going to change you know like people having band-aid babies and it yeah. rarely works oh, it's like babies, yeah so Band-Aid baby is not part of the plan. I don't know. No. <laughs> no, I have ticked past the age that that really feels like a good idea. 
I don't know if that was a good answer. No, but that was no, just like a rambling stream I mean, of consciousness. I think that's kind of part of this exercise, but um, a little follow up. So, so what does that look like? Um, like, how how would you prepare for that those kinds of things? So you, you mentioned sort of planning and preparation and overthinking is not your comfort zone. You're you often operate without too much overthinking. Like, how do you prepare for something that maybe requires more of that? What does that look like maybe in the short term? I think, you know, honestly, because, you know, I love looking at homes, right? Like, I'm a, like, Zillow kind of maniac. I, like, I just love doing that stuff. So, you know, things like thinking about, okay, if we relocate, where what you know what are the areas what does the real estate look like let's like taking a bite like gotta have a porch pick pick the kind of bits that are fun to me and sort of just start like you know this is three to four years away so i don't have to be going like okay if i want to do this and i need this much money and like financial planning's got to look like this it's more just like okay what is fun about this it's like ooh, okay we've been randomly talking about this place for I don't know seems like forever at least six eight months something like that so in that time i have narrowed it down to needing a porch there you go <laughs> so it's just you know and thinking about like okay well if we go next year to visit to see well then it's you know it's fun like it's a mini vacation and like what can we do there and what fun things are to do there and like just making it kind of not too serious um and, you know, like, the career thing, the career thing's been, like, a trip for me since I retired from sailing. Because, like, you retire from something like that, and you literally fall in a pit of despair because nothing else in the world seems at all fun. And where we live right now in Santa Barbara, unless you're, like, a computer genius, good luck getting a job. Um, so... I was kind of frantic in the beginning thinking about careers like what do I do what do I do I've got to be amazing at the first thing I step into and it's going to be amazing because I've only ever done things that sound cool and in sailing my I, my entire identity was wrapped up in my job mm-hmm. and then I transitioned to a place where I absolutely don't relate my job my like day job to who I am it's something that I do but it's not like a representation of me so, you know, that I've learned like patience, right? I don't want to rush into something. I was so rushing when I first retired. I was like, God, I've got to have something else. And I probably made some poor decisions because I was in a rush, right? So I'm kind of just like, you know what? Look at the things that you're doing right now and just, you know, what is the value in them for you? You're, you know, how things play out right now is it perfect no but am I afforded a lot of opportunities to do a lot of the stuff that I love yes and so you know there's the next couple of years there's going to be a lot of like just kind of seeing what the universe has in store for me I know that sounds a bit like but you know you put in the work and you put enough kind of like this is what I want to do out there And eventually, the right thing shows up. But rush it and try and force something, and you might miss it. So, 
you know, I'm just trying to work on kind of not wishing my life away and not being in some mad panic to make something happen and just trusting that with enough like hard work and, you know, time commitment to the stuff that I really love and the right thing will happen. I love that. You're doing very well, by the way, interviewing for the job of being Hannah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get the so, job of me. Yes. It would well be a pretty bad you. thing if you told me if that you, I was if you, failing. Yeah, you were at, failing at, at being you. Being so. me. Um, okay. So as you, as you look at that, this person mm-hmm. um, in this place, and I actually love that your destination postcard has like a physical place, a home, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of actual and destinations. that in itself is intriguing to, like, because for so long on. I never called anywhere home. Yeah. yeah. And now like That's home cool. has like become the central part of what yeah. I'm working towards. So I think, I mean, you've kind of been talking a little bit around this, but a little more specifically, when you think of that person in that place, um, how, how do you, how do you want to feel? Like, what is your perception of who you are in that, in that place three to four years from now? What is really weird is that the first word that comes up in like, you know, like in cartoons where it's just like, bam, and it's yeah. like, the first word that comes up like that for me is content. And if you had asked me 10 years ago, if I was happy to be content with something, I would have punched you in the face because like, <laughs> I honestly thought that being content meant you'd given up. Yeah. And that you were just accepting of what you had, and that was it. That was like you hit the stop sign, that like, it's like, you know, like the railway tracks came to an end, and there's literally nowhere to go apart from down. And now, and it's probably something to do with, you know, like just getting older, like the thought of just being able to sit on my porch. <laughs> Well, if I don't get this porch, I'm really screwed because my entire life pivots around this porch. But now the thought of being able to sit out on that porch in the home that I love, and it doesn't even have to be a big, great, grand, huge place, which I also used to think that, you know, having shitloads of money and a massive house and all of this stuff was important, (laughs) and it's not important. Like, I literally just don't care about having all of that. It creates complications. But... Just being able to sit there and smile and be like, fuck yeah, this is my life. And it's not complicated and it's not fussy. And, you know, I'm doing stuff that I value and I'm surrounded by people that I truly give a shit about, not people who just, you know, friends for the sake of having friends. That sounds really freaking cool to me. And, like, 32-year-old Hannah is, like, raging at me right now. (laughs) She's there, like, what? Shut up! What are you doing? Quit her! Well, okay, and that that difference between you and 32-year-old Hannah, that's that's a good next kind of question around this is, like, so who who is around you on that journey? If it's not, you know, friends just there for the sake of having some, like, who, who is helping you get to this place? See, this is the really interesting part, that... Although, like, so much of what I just said is a massive shift from 10 years ago. Like, I still, like, there's not really people that I see in that vision that are helping me do it. I think you need to picture a good real estate agent. That's that. (laughs) Because those poor 
torches are important and hard to come by, probably, depending on where you're going. That would be helpful. <laughs> but, like, you know, obviously there are people involved, you know, obviously you mentioned, like, wanting to make sure that, like, Dave and I are in a really great spot, and, like, I would love it if friends were there, too, like, friends that already exist, and I want to obviously move somewhere where I have friends. I don't want to move somewhere where I'm, like, okay, well, I'm talking to the dog for the rest <laughs> of my days. Um, oh, so Dory's there. <laughs> Yeah, she better not die. I'm going to have to stuff her and put her on wheels. <laughs> I'm screwed. <laughs> so stuffed Dory, stuffed and mounted Dory might be there. This is just the start. I made my oh, dog yeah. a birthday cake, and that's just the on-ramp to the mm-hmm. crazy dog lady. Come visit oh, me in, like, wow. five years. No, wait, how old is she? No, let's call it ten years, and I'll be towing her around on wheels. <laughs> Good right. Lord. Other than your taxidermy dead dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Honestly, you know, that is something that I still have a lot of work to do on because I still have that, like, I don't need help with any of this mindset, which is not true. We've already discovered, you know, discussed. We, I need a real estate agent. I need a husband that's on board with it. Um, and, you know, friends who will either follow because it's a really great idea or at least don't want to talk to me because I moved again. Um, so, <laughs> so, yeah, but like literally in the, in my little vision, like it's, I'm not really like asking anyone for help. I think the support or the people around me comes from just the people that I do the stuff that I love to do with. Right, people who are at the gym, people who, you know, I hang out with and drink wine, not on a porch because we don't have one. But if, you know, you know, just yeah, it's that. That's a weird one, and it's it's always a hard one for me because I'm always just like I've always just assumed that whatever I do in life, I can just I want to do it with other people, but I need to know that I can do it by myself. And I. Really don't know how that sounds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know how that sounds either. I don't think there's there's supposed to be judgment in the destination postcard. Uh, no, no judgment, no um, judgment. But but that does that also that kind of takes us to another step of this is like in this version of of you and this scenario and you know who may or may not be there. Um, what are the like, what is it that you value about that picture of your life and yourself? What is what is most sort of important um, in achieving that? That what I'm doing is completely in line with my values and identities, and my life is uncomplicated. Like, there is no one in my life that I feel like I have to pander to or, like, you know be a certain way around like my friends are my friends because they I genuinely give a shit about them and they give a shit about me there's no fluff fluff is gone except for Dory again apart from apart from Dory yeah. like she could bring all the fluff in. but yeah like I think uncomplicated life uncomplicated you know just systems uncomplicated relationships and friendships and you know I've always been somebody who would rather have like three amazing friends than like 30 fake friends. So if you don't hear from me in three years, 
<laughs> you I'll know where I stand. I guess. It's like the cake scenario. <laughs> Damn, y'all. She's throwing out some, uh, I think, warnings or threats or something. It's just getting dark. It is. You thought it was going to be a fun little destination no, I mean, well, that's the point. Who really knows? revealing that you're on a countdown. Three years, like next year, you might not get the peanut butter swirl. And then you know you're yeah, out. I know, definitely. You're moving across the country and never speaking to me again. Okay. Noted. <laughs> All right, so thinking about that then, like, right, you've got this life, there's all of your values are sort of playing out in it. There's this beautiful porch, this beautiful career. Um, So when you think about that scenario, um, are there any current habits that you have or sort of practices in your life or, you know, situations in your life now that would no longer serve that version of yourself? Uh, yeah. Working for money over and above, kind of doing something that I truly love to do. But unfortunately, and here comes the excuse, <laughs> I live in Santa Barbara, California, and without a trust fund, there's definitely an element of you kind of have to to do that to keep the bills being paid. But I think, you know, if because I have, like, you know, the home that I live in right now, it's amazing that I can call myself a homeowner in Santa Barbara. But, you know, it's not a, what I consider a forever home. It's There's no porch. There's no porch. I mean, good Lord, what am I doing? Um, because I have a decently clear picture of where I want to go what I'm doing right now I can see is a kind of like means to get there but I have to be very on myself because it would be very easy to settle into like oh you know I really need this income and then I need more income and then I need more income and then everything I'm doing is just about money and then all of a sudden I wake up in 10 years and I'm like shit what have I done with my life and like that is something that like, I really learned. Like I, you know, I want financial stability. I've spent so much time of my life like a financial shit show, like you know, in sailing when you don't get the sponsorship you need and you literally plow everything you've got and stuff that you don't have to make it happen because you're you're so passionate about what you're doing that like I just don't value money enough to give up my life for the sake of a paycheck and I don't like feeling that I'm a slave to a job for the sake of a paycheck and I know that probably sounds like a very privileged thing to say um but I also know that I have the skills and I'm smart enough and resourceful enough to get myself to a place where I can again once again do something that I truly believe in and put myself in a place where I don't have to have that concern of like I have to have this certain paycheck in order to just exist and I'm sure there's a lot of people in California who can relate to that feeling absolutely I'm sure there are all right so uh, you should take a sip of wine. Oh, I should. Yeah. She's a good coach. Yeah, well, you know. 
gotta make sure that, you I'm know, gonna remember to say that my yes. client check right. you're like wait do you have a I mean it could be coffee too. you guys should probably take, like, a you know, take a sip of wine and then we'll continue because um, you know this next one this is kind of the, the big question right like so when you think of that person that that Hannah who's got her porch and is who's freaking content secure, on her porch content on her porch and financially secure um, how does that make you feel um, now I feel like a therapist. How do you feel? Anna? <laughs> I, I like, okay, if, if I'm just straight up honest and I let my complete guard down, which is very weird for me to do, I get the warm fuzzies. But rapidly following that, I get the whole like, holy shit, someone give that woman some knitting needles and a retirement. Like, but it, it is weird to me. It is very, and it makes me feel very vulnerable thinking that being content is a goal. It's very strange to me. And I've literally, for the record, listeners, never, ever said that out loud. <laughs> well, I think we've already, we've covered that before, that you, you're much more vulnerable on the podcast sometimes than in your real life. Mm-hmm. They're, they're totally used to this. <laughs> they think Hannah's actually like a super open, vulnerable person because that's the Hannah they get to hear on the podcast. Ah, shit. Um, so, you know, yeah, honestly, mostly warm fuzzies. Um, just, I, I think, like, it feels like this version of me that on my porch is there's just so much less pressure on this person than there is on the one that's sitting here right now. And that is something my entire career has been high pressure. And when I've not, you know, like from the minute I walked away from it, it was either like during sailing, it was either the pressure of performing and getting the shit kicked out of you by mother nature and then having to like perform again and raise more funds and like, or be this on call person all the time for a wealthy boat owner to like then retiring from that and then applying an even more pressure to try and be whatever the hell comes next and then just more pressure and it's like the only thing I've ever known is insane amounts of pressure and to just be able to dial that down a hair <laughs> just a hair just a hair would be real nice and like and I I always used to fear that even saying the word content or like backing off the gas pedal would mean that maybe I would just quit Right? Maybe I'd be I'd show up at a gym and just scale everything and not get my heart rate above yeah. ninety five and be like I mean, you equate content with hand me a knitting needle. <laughs> I mean I would be the knitting fastest. is awesome by the way. I would I don't know, but, but I you think know, the perception of it is You know what would happen? I got kicked out of knitting class when I was a kid. My mom ran it, so she's probably just like, get out. Um <laughs> But like I, I feel like if someone gave me knitting right now I would find a way to make it competitive and I'd be there like must knit more sweaters than no one because no one is knitting. We are sitting in a room full of macrame. Yeah like even that like when when the pandemic hit and like I didn't know what else to do I was like one of our friends started macrame and I was like oh I can do that. that. I'm a sailor. I'm a sailor. I can do knots. So I went from like I made one plant pot holder thing which was simple and then I was like screw that it's too easy and made the thing that's sitting behind Rachel right now it's just some big dangly thing with <laughs> all sorts of knots it is very cool looking 
So, I love the the plant hanging thing. That's what I have made <laughs> in my living room, and it's fabulous. But um, okay, I feel like all right, we're we're veering off topic into macrame versus knitting, which is both, I said content too many times. I was trying to distract you. to do on the, a porch. Um, okay, so is there anything that you haven't already mentioned that you think would make that future vision even better? Like, is there anything else that would even enhance that even more? Um, I think just spending some time really thinking about the role that my friends and people like, you know, I have close relationships with play in that, um, and how to keep that alive. Like if we did move state and there's people that I care about that would be a long way away, but also the move would put us closer to like family and you know how do I how do we make it so that this this makes sense and like the people that I care about and the relationships that I care about are enhanced by this and not like hurt by this vision because my entire life you know this has been mentioned before in the podcast that like my entire sailing life was very selfish and now I can still be very selfish like in respect of like my bedtime and my gym going (laughs) like you better believe I'm pissed if I have to stay up past my bedtime I was about to have like an all like outrager at Santa Barbara baggage handlers last night because I had to sit in a cell phone parking lot for 30 minutes because it took 30 minutes to get Dave's luggage from a plane to the baggage claim which is 20 20 feet away at, at our airport, I can imagine. And I had to go to bed at 9.50. Can you even imagine that? 9.50. I can, because I did not get home till 9.45 last night myself. Oof. So, um, yeah, I, I think I really, you know, I've kind of, I've got clear of the vision. I'm pretty happy with the direction I want my career to go in. Um, I've got a plan for the dog when she passes, you know, taxidermy and wheels. <laughs> taxidermy. And now... <laughs> Now I just need to, you know, I, I think that the whole relationships part is just scary to me because I've always kind of run and now I want to like move, but without being like, cool. Yeah. I'll see you somewhere in the world. Bye. (laughs) So sounds like I, 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 I'm talking and I sound like a, I'm being a grown-up. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is awesome. Okay, so um, I mean, this is this is really the tough part. I think that when when it comes to like, I can very much imagine now having done this the first time. This is really the tricky part uh, on the coach. So um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna present back sort of this. Oh this yeah, this is okay. This is it. So do you need a sip of wine? I, <laughs> good reminder. Okay, take a sip of wine. We'll both take a sip of wine. All right, so this is this is this is what I've heard, and she has been frantically taking. Oh my gosh, this is there's a lot. Can she summarize? Okay, all right, so, and I think the the key to this right is uh, I'm I'm echoing this back as if I am this version of Hannah, right? So, um, I am 
creating a forever space, um, being fit, healthy, financially stable, always getting better, freeing up space in my life for what I love to do. And I'm surrounded by people who believe in what we're doing together. Uh, I have a healthy and happy marriage while being patient and testing the waters and being curious about what the universe has in store without rushing anything. Um, I'm at home and I'm content. My life is in line with my values. It's uncomplicated. Um, I'm working for my passions instead of just for money. I have less pressure than I've had in the past. Um, and that is wrapped up in a life that enhances the relationships that I have rather than hurting them. Uh, so that I have the warm fuzzies when I take to my porch every day. Woo! <laughs> That's a good life, Hannah. Oh my goodness. That's Rachel's good just like life. literally just like her shoulders just dropped by three inches. Oh my gosh. I, 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 I am tearing up like reading this summary of your life. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, so. those are some good. That's a good destination postcard. Oh, I kind of like it. <laughs> How does it feel being coach? Oh, well, I mean, it's stressful, it's, it's, huh? it is very stressful. It's totally stressful. Um, Requires a lot of active yeah. listening. Oh, for sure. I mean, I was frantically taking notes and circling phrases and words. And yes, that was, that was stressful. But, but it was also very exciting, right? I mean, I got wrapped up in this whole vision. Like, this is, I think this is, must be what's so great about being a coach, right? You're like creating a vision with someone else and helping them figure that out. Mm -hmm. It's very motivating too. I want a porch at some point. In my life. <laughs> I feel like you if I get my porch, the idea of a porch, then your housewoman gift to me will be like knitting needles. <laughs> yeah. Or like a really good rocking chair and or Adirondack chair, depending on what your style is on your porch. Yeah. So there we go. All right. So how do you, how do you feel having done that in the moment? You know, I'm kind of like, no one's ever done that with me. I've done it like kind of briefly in my head. And like I said, I hadn't thought about it at all specifically so that I wouldn't have any kind of like pre-planned answers to anything that might come up. And I feel good. Like that, that vision is what I want to do. And, you know, when you do stuff like this, it's like, for a very long time, leaving sailing, navigating an immigration process, and, like, I didn't see a future. I just saw, like, you know, while I was waiting for my green card, I was like, wait, I can't call this place home, and yet I'm buying a home, and it's really weird, and, like, just didn't really... I don't know if I didn't see the future, or I just wouldn't allow myself to see the future, because I was just, like was kind of scared. I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to be or what direction I wanted to take and like was rushing to try and find that. And you know, what I have learned in my old age and wisdom <laughs> is that sometimes when you rush frantically, like last night, for example, <laughs> my new pair, of, my first ever pair of Vans, delicious shoes, got delivered according to 
the delivery thing. Oh. <laughs> and I was very excited. I opened the front door. There was no box. So I was like, it's fine. Sometimes they, they, you they know, do. check they the delivery before they deliver. comes like the next day. So then like an hour later, I had to go out to the gym. Still no box on the doorstep. Cruised past the neighbor's porch. Uh, porches. Porches. No you got porch. porches on the brain now. Like cruised past the neighbor's doorsteps. Couldn't see any box. I was like, let it go. You're fine. They'll come. Went to the gym. Came back. Still no box. <laughs> By this stage, I'd lost my shit, and I immediately wrote to the company, the, the delivery oh company, goodness. like, this package has not arrived. What are you going to do about it? I was trying to connect to the camera that we have that looks out, but it was like, it needed some code that's on Dave's phone. Dave was in the sky flying back from Denver, so I couldn't even, like, check the camera footage. And I was, like, literally losing my mind. And then several hours after the fact, 8.30 when I should have been going to bed, but I was waiting for Dave's plane to land, some feeling was like, go just go check. And of course, a neighbor had taken the box, opened it, gone, oh, not mine, put the box back together again and put it on my porch, and I had my shoes, which are wonderful shoes. <laughs> but like, it taught me that perhaps if I'd just mm. been able to just be a little calmer, take a yeah. breath, and like, it will be fine, I would not have sent the email that then probably... You know, I, I then had the delivery company going through the entire process of oh, checking yeah, yeah. with their driver, tracking the driver's movements, determining if the driver did arrive at 3.33 p.m. in the vicinity of my building, but just put it on the wrong doorstep. Had Hannah been able to exercise a little bit more patience, That's somebody good. might not have thought that their job was good on the line. Good to know our blind spots, and I've, <laughs> I've definitely heard you call companies before that you are dissatisfied with. And yes, I would think my job was on the line if I heard you uh, on the other end of the phone. <laughs> yeah, you can, it's, it's the it's a combination of the British accent and just your your confidence and presence. But yes, it's a little terrifying. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that came up in your destination postcard that patience is it's something not you're working on. Something that's typically been associated with me, yeah. but I have learned, you know, like, I think... I remember, like, the the boat owner, the last boat owner that I ran the boat for, he was a big fan of, you know, talking about the 10,000 hours. You know, it takes oh, 10,000 yeah. hours to master anything. And so, you know, I had held a coaching qualification, life coaching and CrossFit coaching prior to leaving sailing, but I'd never, like, really fully used them. So that was 2017. Then I got the nutrition coaching thing and then I started actually physically coaching. But, and immediately thought that I could just launch into the super successful career in that field with probably a hundred hours. And if I look back at myself as a sailor with 100 hours of being a captain, <laughs> useless. I didn't know anything. I didn't even know. I was like unconsciously unconscious. I didn't even know what I didn't know at yeah. that stage. And so while many times I pinch myself because I'm like, I should be, I should, quote unquote, should get rid of that word, be, you know, achieving X, Y, and Z or whatever. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. To be an amazing coach, you need to develop a level of mastery. Yeah. And that is not something that can be rushed. It's so interesting because when I was re-listening to episode 28, uh, where you did this exercise with me, I forget in what context it came up, but 
um, we were talking about the kind of um, kung fu mastery mm -hmm. uh, idea, right, of martial arts. It's like you should not fear the person who has done a thousand different kicks one time. You fear the person who has done one kick a thousand times, which is mm -hmm. basically the same concept of uh, how do you actually achieve mastery, and it's definitely through patience. And, uh, and when I think about myself as a coach a year ago versus now, after like a year of studying and learning and practicing, I'm always like, oh my God, I want to apologize to everybody I've ever coached before. <laughs> Oh, I feel the same way about like teaching. When I think back to like when I was a, a you know college professor, instructor, things like that, and now all the things I know about teaching, I'm like, oh, I was not good 10, 12 years ago. But hey, we learn. So there it is. We switched roles. Woo! That was. I'm gonna have a porch. You must drink more wine. <laughs> Even if I like move to like a trailer park in the mm. middle of the desert, I'm just gonna oh. build a porch. I am all for this because if I. If, if you continue to stay in touch with me when you move away, <laughs> which we've determined is not a given, um, I definitely want to come visit and sit on the porch. Um, so, well, you I'll know, have if to you gift you like a third rocking chair, if you uh, and a day recovered and a guest chair, if you don't get a peanut butter swell in your cake next year, that's the first sign. But if you get one, you're probably you're okay. probably good. That means I might have porch status in my future. <laughs> no doubt, you're in the basement. All right, listeners, we'll keep you posted on that. <laughs> Well, hopefully you're still hanging with us. This has been a slightly longer one, but thank you so much for listening. We've got a great topic um, for next time where we're going to talk about relationships and what happens when one person decides to get fit and healthy and dialed in and the other one is not quite on the same wavelength. So tune in and we will see you in a couple of weeks or talk to you in a couple of weeks because you don't really see us. But as ever, thank you for listening. Feel free to share it around and hope to be there. Hope you'll be there next time.